Good morning, uh, everyone. Um, I decided to do for my podcast today, uh, March 9th, 2022, uh, for Dear Mika, is uh, regarding the legality in nursing with charting and documentation. So this was one of the suggestions that someone made for me to do a podcast about. And remember, a lot of these things that I'm telling you on my podcast are more for opinion and from my direct experience of being a nurse going on 27 years here. So um, I'll just tell you a quick story about a charting situation that I had where it came down to be legal and I had to be actually deposed. Uh, So I don't say these things to scare you, but I tell you them based on my experience what happened. So I was an LPN at the time, pretty much a brand new nurse. I think I had only been a nurse like six months to a year. I can't remember exactly, but I had a post-op patient. I worked on a ortho neuro floor, our side of the hall being mostly neuro patients. This patient had had some spine surgery, had had a lumbar laminectomy that was done. So he was post-op. I was taking care of him. Uh, the patient, we had a advanced diet as tolerated order. So what that means is, you know, you want your patient to start out slow. Uh, maybe when they uh, first come up, you want to give them ice, uh, ice chips, maybe sips of clears, uh, maybe a clear liquid diet than a soft diet so you're just kind of moving their diet up until they're more tolerable because it wasn't that long ago since they've had anesthesia and you know once a patient has had some anesthesia it kind of um Uh, shocks their bowel, if you will. So it slows everything down, the motility of the bowel. So uh, so, uh, if they eat, and if they eat a large meal right away, likelihood is is that they may throw up. Um, It's not going to go so well. So we tell them to kind of go slow until uh, their bowel is completely working again. So anyhow, I had a patient. He came up, um, him and his wife, and he was post-op. And uh, anyhow, the gentleman wanted to eat, wanted to eat a large meal. Uh, He did not want the clear liquids that I had uh, ordered for him. He wanted a hamburger. We had a a Checkers restaurant right across the street in Tampa. And and I was like, well, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, we're supposed to advance your diet. I gave him all the education about his bowel and he wasn't having it. He told his wife, who was very hesitant, to go get him a Checkers meal. So I was like, all right, well, you know, I can only do what I can do. And um, when the patient's wife brought the food back, I again tried to do some education and reiterated to him to hold off on that. Maybe we would get to something like that later on in the night. He absolutely refused. He wolfed down his Checkers meal and uh, his french fries, his coat, everything. And so remember, I said I was a brand new nurse. So I literally, and back then we didn't have the computer charting. We wrote everything down. So I documented uh, all the education that I had tried to do with him. I had the times when I did it. And then when his wife brought back the meal, I legit documented that he had a double cheeseburger and a large Coke and his uh, checkers fries. Uh, and I documented all of that in the meal. 
and in the chart so i don't even think it was a half an hour he was throwing up uh quite uh profusely really like hard like leching uh throwing up which was not helping his back surgery that he had just had because as he was using all of his accessory muscles, his abdominal muscles, and uh, with the heaves with his back, it was causing him a great amount of pain. So I documented that too, documented how much emesis, documented what he threw up, documented his pain and how much he was having and how, uh, you know, I had to give him pain medicine and, and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, but I did just the facts. I didn't put any of my uh, spin on it or anything. Well, fast forward a couple years later, right? I am working at a totally different hospital at this point and don't know what happened to this guy because so much in nursing, we take care of a patient for a day. We may be off the next three days. We come back, they've been sent home or to rehab. So I didn't know that uh, anything had become of uh, his situation or his issue. I have been gone a couple of years. I received a subpoena because I was being deposed. He was suing his doctor because he did not have the outcomes he expected related to his surgery. I was terrified. I went uh, downtown Tampa, and um, if you guys ever seen pictures of Tampa, usually they show this picture, especially in movies and stuff. It's a completely round building, and as you go up this building to the parking garage, you're going around and around. It's a pretty cool building, but I was terrified, mortified that day going up there to uh, for this deposition because I didn't know what to expect. I thought I had done something wrong. Why do they want to talk to me, et cetera, et cetera. So when I got up there, I was nervous because I was like, well, I don't even work for the hospital anymore. Who's representing me? Well, the hospital's attorney was there on my side, if you will. Um, I was terrified. I literally only got to talk to the attorney for about five minutes, and then they brought me into this room where there was legit the court reporter, and uh, all the lawyers were at the table for both sides, and they wanted my testimony. So um, what they did was they slid my chart that I had done in front of me and they asked me questions about my charting in which I I didn't even know who the patient was when I was originally subpoenaed but as soon as I started remember uh, looking at my documentation I remembered exactly who he was because he had left a pretty big impression on me um so I was at the, the attorney had advised me just speak directly, speak to what you know, and to your documentation. I had real good documentation, guys, and I was able to speak to that documentation, but even more so, my documentation spoke for me. Wasn't really a whole lot I had to say. It was more like I had to verify that that's what I wrote and that that's what I meant. And it was very direct and without any bias. So yeah, I was like, yep, yep, yep. Pretty much I was just verifying. So the moral to my story is, is that what my documentation laid out, because my attorney, well, the hospital attorney, was smiling because of my documentation, because what it had put forth was 
showed that the patient's non-compliance uh, could have been an issue. So I don't know if he won his case or not. I know that the hospital was very pleased with my documentation. So if he did get anything, I don't think he got a whole lot out of it. But anyhow, so that's just one of my stories regarding documentation. That's the only time I've been deposed. So I'm grateful for that because it is a scary situation. But if you document in such a way that it will, you can go back and be able to recall. We do right now. We have all of this computerized charting and it's point and click and it's point and click. And it kind of concerns me that we don't do narrative charting anymore because I don't think we um, paint as good of a picture. I think it's important that we paint a, a clear picture of what's going on with the patient. And honestly, the pointing and clicking gets so repetitive. I don't know if we're doing a great job of that. Um, the other side of that is that the pointing and clicking will help some nurses remember that they need to chart on XYZ and all of that. So um, I can see that. Uh, and then sometimes nurses when we did narrative charting back in the day they would say maybe too much uh, you don't want to go off the rails saying too much what you want to present is just the facts of what's going on with the patient you never want to interject your opinion of a situation and you never want to inject a diagnosis you are not a practitioner that is not your role you have to very be careful um, that you don't assume things and diagnose patients in your documentation. You want to uh, remain very objective and not be subjective in your charting. Charting is just the facts, just the facts of what's going on. Do not lace it with your opinion and definitely don't diagnose. Stay focused on your charting. Uh, stay in line with good description good descriptions of like wounds and things like that be careful to again don't diagnose you're not a practitioner you don't get to call it a decubitus ulcer or a pressure ulcer stage blah 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 if that's not your specialty you have to be careful usually most hospitals and facilities the wound nurse because it is their specialty is the one that usually will diagnose our job as the nurses at the bedside is to document a description of what we are seeing, not to give it a name. So stay focused, give good, uh, good descriptions, colors of things, smells of things, the size and depth of things, that is fine. But we are not there to diagnose. Um, and for the love of God, do not do unauthorized things. If you are not authorized to take pictures of wounds, please don't. Um, definitely, for the love of God, don't post pictures um, on social media and things like that. I 
was very careful of that when I worked in labor and delivery, um, that you don't get like if families were taking pictures in the room, I would get out of the shot. Um, I was not trying to be part of uh, their uh, pictures unless they specifically asked me for permission. Like if I had taken care of them all day, people are emotional and they're like, you know, can I take a picture with you and the baby? And that's a personal uh, decision of yours to make. If you really don't feel comfortable doing it, then don't. And just explain to them uh, very delicately that you would prefer not to. But if, you know, you're okay with it, then absolutely. Um, I just would not post it on my own personal social media unless you had expressed uh, permission from them and um, and honestly nowadays guys it's almost like you got to get written stuff or you know permission from someone uh, because they can always backtrack and say they never gave you permission to post their uh, baby you know the, the caveat to that is you don't know what's going to happen you know god forbid something tragic occurs and now you've got their baby all over social media that may make things a little bit tedious so be careful in the things that you are doing out there but always always do a good documentation follow your facilities protocols and you should be okay um I know a lot of students have asked me in the past, should they get their own liability insurance? The way that I was taught was no. Um, your hospital, just like I was covered, um, your hospital or wherever you work should provide you with uh, any kind of liability insurance, lawyers and things like that. Um, unless you are uh, real high risk for lawsuits, like someone could come after you directly. Um, but that's more like if you are in a practitioner role, they have required to have a liability insurance. But if you're a bedside nurse, I would say I have been told by uh, hospital lawyers that that's not a good idea because as they're doing when they're preparing lawsuits that they're doing uh, I guess their discovery of people on the case. If uh, they see that you have your own personal liability insurance, well, they're going to sue you directly too because they're trying to get everything that they can get. Uh, Rare is I've never heard of a nurse being sued uh, and like someone's trying to take their house or something like that. So, um, honestly, unless you're like a millionaire or something, I wouldn't, uh, get, uh, personal liability insurance, but that is something for you to decide upon uh, yourself and also for you to, you know, you have to look at your situation individually and make those decisions. So, uh, good luck. God bless, uh, document, appropriately and accurately and you should be fine all right this is dear mika signing off uh please leave uh, me any comments uh ideas for podcasts uh, i really really want to do more so please leave me any uh, ideas or, or um 
messages, comments. Uh, you can comment on the podcast itself, or you can send me an email to dearmika at yahoo.com, and I can receive your emails there for any ideas that you may have. I look forward. Thank you.